It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. Big stories. Big guests. The Big Picture. Afternoons with Rob Breckenridge. Weekdays 1230 to 3. 770 CHQR. You know, we talked a lot recent weeks, months, even the past few years about concussions, what we're learning about head injuries and the cumulative effect of head injuries, how to recognize and deal with these injuries when they occur, how to prevent them in the first place. And these are pretty big questions because, it is, I mean, it's scary. Head injuries will happen, I suppose. I mean, I don't think there's any way to, to eliminate them altogether. Obviously, some sports are more prone to head injuries than others. And frankly, there are other ways in which people suffer such injuries in their day-to-day lives. But when it comes to young athletes, how can we make these activities safer? It's very important, obviously, I think, for kids to be involved in, in sports in terms of uh, allowing for physical activity and, and those, those social bonds that, that result as well. Uh, my son plays hockey, loves hockey, has had a great time playing hockey, made lots of friends playing hockey. Keeps him active. I think it's taught him some important life lessons. But yeah, earlier this season, he, he suffered his, his first concussion. And it was kind of a dirty play, and it's frustrating as a parent to see something like that, and it's kind of scary too, right, going through that. Now, now we were fortunate. It was relatively minor, bounced back fairly quickly, but you got to be careful with that stuff. So it's more that we could be doing. Uh, what's interesting is Ontario is taking the legislative route Uh, The province of Ontario has just recently passed concussion safety legislation. So it's aimed at protecting athletes and raising awareness, ensuring that their coaches, sports officials, uh, have the knowledge that they need to deal with this. Uh, The bill has been uh, named Rowan's Law, uh, named for a 17-year-old Rowan Stringer, who died at the age of 17 about five years ago uh, from an injury suffered in rugby. Well, joining us to talk a bit more about the need for this law, what this law addresses, and um, the legacy of, of Rowan. Very pleased to welcome to the program uh, Gordon Stringer, who's uh, Rowan's father. You can read more at rowanslaw.ca. Uh, Gordon, thank you so much for joining us here today. Thanks for having me. I appreciate it. Uh, how important is this day in getting to the point where this law is now uh, reality? Well, for uh, for our family personally, it's it's very important. Um it's been uh, about three years since uh, the inquest into Rowan's death concluded and uh, 49 recommendations were made by the jury uh, through the inquest. And, um, you know, we're here. We had, uh, we call it Rowan's Law Number 1 passed um, just over a year ago, which uh, established a committee uh, Rowan's Law Advisory Committee to advise the government how best to implement the recommendations from the coroner's jury. And then we had uh, Rowan's Law uh, introduced in, just in December. And uh, we passed third reading today, which uh, is pretty remarkable in uh, in the uh, annals of uh, legislative process. Yeah that uh, we got from uh, first to third reading in uh, in about four months. And that's, uh, 
that's pretty gratifying. Yeah. Was there all party support for this? There was. Uh, from the beginning, the, the initial private members bill was introduced by our MPP, who was uh, with the PCs, Lisa McLeod, and uh, she recruited um, John Fraser, who was from the Liberal Party, and Catherine Fife, who was from the NDP. And uh, between the three of them, they uh, they moved this private members bill pretty unanimously and uh, have been um, shepherding it through the process. They, they've they've made a great team it's uh it's re renewed my faith i say in a little bit in uh, the whole legislative and political process when uh you see that uh people and parties can actually put aside the partisanship and uh move forward with something in the public interest so yeah. uh so together and so quickly yeah it doesn't happen very often um, no it- pretty gratifying let's talk about the the tragedy that 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 sparked all of this uh rowan was 17 was was playing high school rugby uh and suffered a concussion which i I suppose in a sport like rugby and impact sports you're going to see concussions but but what happened here and what went so so badly wrong with with her injury well what happened with rowan is um through the inquest we we learned a lot more of the fact behind it and uh the they believe that she suffered three concussions within about a week, three separate events. And uh, so there, there was a tournament on the Friday. Um, during the final game there, she was removed. Apparently she got hit, but nobody nobody told us. She didn't tell us. Uh, nothing really seemed to be all that wrong. Uh, Saturday, she had a headache. But that wasn't unusual for her. She was a kid that got headaches, so it didn't really ring any bells with us. Um, she took Advil or Tylenol or something and seemed fine on Sunday. Then on Monday, uh, she had another game, and apparently she got a knee to the head in that game. But again, she told nobody except maybe a couple of her friends. And in that game, she actually got a pretty bad bruise on her uh, on her knee. And, of course, the bruise is the visible injury, and everybody's focused on the knee. And, you know, nothing was said about the hit that she took to the head that game. Uh, so it, it, again, went unreported, un, undocumented. And um, then on Wednesday, uh, she had another game. And in that game, she was, uh, they call it a swing tackle, which is an illegal tackle in rugby. Uh, She was running with the ball, and the opposing player grabbed her by the jersey, and between her her momentum and the girl throwing her, uh, she went through the air. Um, We weren't at the game. We didn't see it, but the reports were that she landed on her head um, while being airborne, landing on the ground. Um, She sat up briefly, um, put her hand to her head, fell backwards unconscious, and... uh, they rushed her to the hospital. She spent um, until uh, Saturday. Um, they did what they could to try and save her, but the swelling was so severe that um, they really couldn't do anything else. And uh, on the Sunday, she passed away. She was declared brain dead. And um, that's the story. Yeah. I, I guess this process is about ensuring that these things don't happen again. Um, and when you look at what happened here i mean is it something you 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 still grapple with the question of you know what was this preventable uh no actually i i 
I don't grapple with that anymore because the the conclusion of the inquest, the uh, the medical uh, professional, Dr. Charles Tatter, who is a world-renowned yeah, uh, yeah. neuroscientist in Toronto, um, he was the medical expert there, and and his conclusion was that uh, Rowan's death was preventable, and that's really what has driven us from that point, is that um, you know you have this. Uh, world-renowned neurosurgeon declaring that something is preventable, then let's make sure that it's prevented and doesn't happen again and do all we can to do that. So um, that's really been the driver behind that was uh, behind all we've done is, uh, you know, Dr. Tatter and uh, his conclusion that um, this was a preventable death and uh, we need to prevent them from happening again. All right. So so what changes now? What, what does the law do? Uh, well, th- the the law itself um, from the Rowan's Law Advisory Committee, there were 21 recommendations made as to how to implement the uh, the inquest results. Um, the law itself doesn't deal with all 21 of them um, because legal uh, legal avenues weren't really deemed necessary for some of them. Some of them will be covered by regulation. Others will be covered by policy. But the law itself covers um, the requirement for uh, education for all people involved in uh, amateur sports. So the sports organizations, the coaches, the trainers, anybody on the field, the athletes themselves, and the parents. Um, so there will be a requirement for uh, anyone who's signing up for a sport and their parents and whatnot to uh, coaches um, to take a uh, a course. It's likely to be an online thing where they go in, sign on, go through it, just to educate themselves in the signs and symptoms of concussion and what things may lead up to a concussion in their particular sport and whatever. Um, it also establishes... Uh, educational requirements for in in the school system where part of the health and education curriculum will uh, address um, basically brain health uh, with, with uh, age level age appropriate uh, education and um, also it it establishes uh, one day every year which they're they're going to call Rowan's Law Day here in Ontario in the schools where uh, it will be a brain health day, and it will be an opportunity for um, education of of the students in, uh, you know, looking after their brain, looking after themselves, uh, looking after their teammates, and uh, and just stuff like that, all all around, uh, you know, Rowan's story and uh, how the outcomes could could have been better with uh, um, better education and better awareness. Yeah. Now, obviously, this is provincial law in Ontario, and, and I think it's the first of its kind. Um, w- would you like to see other provinces follow suit? Absolutely. I think, um, you know, uh, concussions aren't, <laughs> they aren't restricted, they aren't geographically restricted. Yeah. And I, I think that, um, I think that Ontario, between the the committee report and the legislation itself that has been introduced, it, it provides a good blueprint for people to work from. Um, it's transferable. These are things These are things that just can, it's easy to do. Um, so I'm hopeful um, that's, that's our next steps, that we would like to see this uh, adopted in, in other jurisdictions in Canada. 
and um, I'm hopeful that we'll be able to do that. And I think we have a good uh, a good template to work from with uh, what Ontario has done. And I look forward to the Ontario government themselves taking the lead nationally and uh, promoting this. Uh, uh, around the country. Yeah, indeed. Well, people will read more. Again, the website is rowanslaw.ca. Uh, Gordon, well, congratulations for, for getting it to this point and, and all the best to you. Thanks for joining us here today. Uh, thanks very much for having me. I appreciate it. All right. Take care. Uh, that is Gordon Stringer uh, behind the uh, Rowan's Law Initiative. He is the father of Rowan Stringer, as mentioned, uh, died at age 17. In, in what was a kind of a freak accident or a freak series of incidents, but still was preventable. And, and that's what kind of prompted all of this. So you had a coroner's inquest, 49 recommendations that came out of that, and that kind of served as the basis for, for this legislation, which, as mentioned, was uh, initiated uh, at the Ontario legislature by a uh, progressive conservative member of the provincial parliament, Lisa McLeod. So there was all party support for this. Our number here is 974-8255. We need to uh, take a quick break here. We are back with more right after this. Afternoons with Rob Breckenridge, starting at 1230 on News Talk 770 Calgary.